The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is the Dealer Playbook. All right, gang, welcome to this episode of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. So excited that you're here. Hey, if you're listening, hop over to our YouTube channel. We're actually on location here at Beaver Toyota in Atlanta, Georgia. This is uh, Patrick Abad's store. We're excited to be here for the 800% Elite Automotive Club Retreat. We're doing all of the training at the store today, but I thought this would be a cool opportunity to not only show you around his facility, but also ask a very specific question to all of the owner operators that are here in attendance to help inspire and motivate and, and, and give you ideas about how we can make it through this next phase of growth in the automotive, uh, retail automotive industry. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, if you're listening only, that's amazing. You're going to be able to hear all of the, the content there. But if you want to put faces to the voices, go and check us out on our YouTube channel. And of course, on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Hope you enjoy this episode. Let's dig in. All right. So the first question is going to Damon Lester, the president. Now president, yeah. So, so, soon to be former days. president. Yes. Soon to be former president of NAMAD, National Automobile Automo- Minority Automobile Dealer Association. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's why they say NAMAD. That's why they say NAMAD. <laughs> so the question is, because also you're, you recently bought a dealership yes. within the last year or so. Mm-hmm. With all of the doom and gloom, that's being shared through the industry. You're seeing some brightness. Oh, what, what is it that you're seeing? I'm curious. What there, is it there's, there's a huge amount of opportunity if we, people pay attention to people. People still need transportation to get to and from work. People still need transportation to take to go on vacations with. And cars do matter as well, right? But people matter more. And so long as we bring back the, the value of why dealers exist, then we're, we're fine. There's, there's a huge opportunity. Electric vehicles is not a problem because we're going to have to share, we're going to have to sell them. We want to sell them and we have to educate the people why, who want to buy them why it's important to have them. And so dealers, that's what I'm excited for. As I listen to your, I listen to your talk and you know, you brought in the Matrix, you right. brought in, you know, there was no pickle suits no, no to this time, but yeah. I started thinking about the term supercomputer and how oftentimes I think about how we all forget about the supercomputer between our ears. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about like hundreds of years ago, like astronomers who couldn't, didn't have telescopes or anything, they theorized based on mathematics and based on the supercomputer between their ears that there's got to be another planet beyond Neptune that we can't see based on... And sure enough, all these years later, when we finally developed the technology, they can see that there is, in fact, another planet there. And I loved your point. It made me think of that because I'm like, look at what our capacity as people is when we don't put all of the reliance into a device. What are your thoughts on how do we maximize this in a world that's so focused on digital? Technology is good as long as we use this to work it. Typically, we rely more on technology than, than in lieu of our brain. But if our brain uses technology to help us expand it or increase our capacity, then we're using it in the right way. 
we typically get comfortable because technology does exist. Oh, there's a print. Let me see what this cost is on this trade. I don't need to go look at it anymore because that's what the computer says, right? So we don't, we, we were trained our thoughts of convenient and quick and versus touching, feeling, and using our senses, which is our brain, to actually determine what that is. And so I think we have to go back to the basics and be, be able to realize that technology is only as good as we make it. And, and that's the important part of it. Love it, man. Thanks so much. Really Thank appreciate you. your remarks. All right, so I'm sitting down now with Aaron Lang, Lang and Fetter Motors in Ontario, the fellow Canadians, two Canadians sitting on a couch. That's the new podcast. Um, Aaron, I mean, we've gotten to know each other. Um, I've been to your store. You have a really awesome operation, great culture. But as you're sitting now in this, dare we call it the iconic, it's like a, yeah, it's like, a Vegas hotel version of a dealership. Literally. What thoughts and impressions are going through your mind? More importantly, like as you take this experience back to your store, this really is a whole nother level. Nothing that I've ever seen before. They are, they give professional kind of a new meaning. This, the processes, um, the level of accountability and the culture. You can just feel the team, the teamness here, the the absolute dedication to this operation from everybody that we've spoken to has been phenomenal. Now, apply that to the context of your circumstances. It's obviously not possible to go back and be like, okay, you know what? We're going to tear down the whole store and start over because you have such a tight team you've got i mean like you're you're doing things that i haven't seen in most canadian dealerships by having a dedicated you know lead response team and a bdc and you know you're on shaka's finance training and those sorts of things what's what's maybe one thing that you're feeling inspired to take back to your store and say hey i want to i want to try and implement that piece what would that one piece be we watched Hugh do a trade walk this morning with the entire team, and we've just implemented that, but nothing like this. So we're going to take back a whole bunch of that and implement it immediately. What, what's what's the thing that stood out to you? Like, what's different about it already? That like, what was that thing you were like, oh, that oh, we need to do that. Yeah. They make the decisions right then and there. The sales team decides and kind of votes and fights for the price. Um, they know what they've got in the vehicle. Full transparency. They decide right then and there what kind of recon they want to do. Make the decision. Boom. Move on. It's, it was really phenomenal. No, no room for overthinking. What would you have, have to do? Time. They don't have time. Like, what would you have to do though to get to that place? Like, I mean, we had a speaker this morning that was like, "I want you to remove all limitations." What does your business look like in three years without without those limitations? What do you have to do to get to a place that you're? maybe encouraging your team not to overthink? I guess really it's just a mindset. Because we, I, while I was watching that, I was envisioning our team doing it. And I really think we can. It's just, what you, if you don't see it, you don't know it exists. Now I've seen it, and I really want to mimic that. I want to take the best practices back. We're obviously in the United States. The Things are a little bit bigger, Still a little bit faster paced. Yeah. Um, how do you... How do you translate some of this back to the Canadian market? Well, there's no reason we can't replicate it just on a smaller scale, really. Um, I think if you just shrink it down but still take the best practices back, there's no reason why we can't do this. So, 
I got to tell you, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but your positivity, your optimism is infectious. <laughs> it's contagious. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's something that I've always admired about you is being able to say, okay, well, here's where we're at. No sense in being discouraged about it. We're going to do something about it. Um, what's so so beyond the the lot walk and implementing more immediate changes? What do you think is going to have to fall in place? I mean, for the dealer listening to this who might be in a similar situation, who's like, "Oh, wait, they're making decisions right on the the lot walk." And yeah. what are some of the small shifts that you think you'll have to make when you go back to your store? Um, every employee here seems really empowered. They, they know what they need to do and they have the authority to get it done here. I, I really noticed that. Uh, and that's something that I think we can improve on for sure. Authority is an interesting, <laughs> does it make, does that, does that word frighten you as much as it frightens me sometimes? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to plug your nose and dive in because it clearly works here. So yeah. What, what, what was the saying? It was the delegation. Yeah, there's a piece of you that your identity that leaves with that delegation. Um, but we know it has to be done. Yeah. So what kind of thoughts are going through your mind? You, you've got a long drive back. Yeah. What are what are you going to be contemplating about how to convey? Because I, I feel like, you know, you can say, hey, you've got the authority as an employee. Now I'm giving you the authority, but for them to believe it might be a different thing. So how do you think the best way to convey that might be? Well, I think we got to just just start. Sometimes you can you can explain a vision to people, and then what I find works well is we'll just do it together uh, until we get good at it, and then everybody can everybody can play to their strengths and do their thing. That's uh, that's in my experience the best way to do it. Okay, one last question it has nothing to do with any of this, kind of, but not really. Um, and the one thing that I think is tremendous is, and, and that maybe not a lot of people know is usually when you're a dealer, you're, you're like in it, you are, that's your thing. You have multiple things. You are a farmer, you actively farm, you have livestock, you have soil that is tilled and, and plant (laughs) crop that is, yeah. Um, and you, so you've got Grandview pastures, um, which delivers, grass-fed grain naturally all this kind of stuff meat and you deliver it um what similarities as you're out there in the tractor which you've been on the tractor sometimes when i've when i've messaged you what similarities do you find between farming and running a dealership business if any well um they're very similar in the fact that you need a mission and you need to kind of decide how you're going to go about each one and you have to feel good about it uh we have a small team on the farm but they're bought into the mission they understand what they need to do and there's really no room for interpretation there and i believe if we can get there uh with a car dealership it'll work just the same if not better who's easier to manage the farm team or the the dealership team i'm just kidding i'm not gonna make you answer that but man thanks so much really appreciate you my pleasure brother all right all right so here we are at the 800 percent elite automotive club retreat with the founder himself glenn lundy of course i just had him on the podcast not too long ago talking about what's going on right now and of course now that we're here on location at Beaver Toyota, a facility that I've never seen before, the likes of before in my life, I want to get your thoughts. Like, what goes through your mind when you walk through an experienced destination like this? So, you know, this place is so unique. It's 
footprint is so unique. It's fingerprint, whatever word you want to use. Uh, and the uniqueness of it is for me is an opportunity. When I see unique, I see opportunity to inspire, right? Opportunity to inspire others. When you have cookie cutter right. stores, whether no matter what industry it is, when you have cookie cutter stores, it starts to blend. People just go by. But when you have something incredibly unique, it brings a new heightened level of awareness. And for me, curiosity is born through awareness. Once we're aware of something, we can become curious of it. And the more curious of it, more questions we can ask, the more questions we, we can ask, the more adapt, uh, or I'm sorry, the more apt we can become and the more we can adapt and evolve. So place like this screams inspiration. That's why we decided to have our event here to raise awareness so that our dealers can evolve and become the best versions of themselves that they can be. I've been to a few of these now. Uh, Florida, Phoenix, Atlanta, there is something happening, something special happening. Mm-hmm. We've got a room full of dealer owners, operators, general managers, senior leaders. As you're looking at their faces throughout the topics today, which is technology matters and how can we leverage technology? And you're seeing the theme still weaving back to people matters, which was the last theme. That's right. What kind of thoughts are going through your mind? And what's like the, the thing that as you look at their faces, you're going, I, this is the one thing I want you to get. Like, what's yeah. that des- that desperate, anxious thing you want them to know? Sorry, I, I really need my hope is that through our process, uh, our process of introducing them to different techniques and strategies that are not reinventing the wheel, but are just one or two tweaks away. Uh, my, my hope and desire is that they always they can get to a belief spot where they believe they can do it, right? That's what I'm looking for. Because in the most part in this industry, it's a lot of, well, that's them, or well, they're in a different location. Well, they have a different this, right? It's a lot of excuses. And so I'm looking out at the faces and I'm looking for the ones that you can see are going, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 I, I can do that. It's not complete rocket science. I don't have to throw out the playbook. I just got to make a couple tweaks. That takes longer for some than others. And regretfully, we're in a very urgent time in the auto industry. And so I'm looking out almost with desperation myself going, please get it sooner than later. Right. Because it's not something I can do. I can just like create the awareness and something's got to click into them where they believe that they can. Once they believe that they can, that's when we see massive results. All right, so we're just finishing up this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it and applied what you heard to the context of your circumstances. Different dealers, different operators from different parts of North America, all sharing the things that are standing up to them, what they want as their next step. I'm going to go have some fun. We're here at a raceway somewhere north of Atlanta. That's how Glenn Mundy does things at his retreats. But until next time, keep the playbook open and dominate. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.